0: These are the Daily Lectionary Comments for October the 5th. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. These are the Ten Commandments. And uh, Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 18, where Jesus says, Come and follow me uh, to one and to another. who says, I will follow you. And Jesus' responses are a little surprising and a little hard to understand at first. Right. Deuteronomy chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. This is popularly known as the Ten Commandments. Now first, Deuteronomy does not call these Ten Commandments, although when you read it, it says that. It says Ten Commandments, but that that doesn't actually translate what Hebrew says. Hebrew says the Ten Words of the Ten Things, not Ten Commandments. It's important for you to understand that, because there are Ten Things here, and the things that are here are not necessarily commandments, And the most important aspect of them may not always be even that they are commandments. So there are ten things here, ten essential things. And Mm -hmm. these essential things summarize all of the covenant that God gave to Israel through Moses. They summarize all the life that an Israelite is to have with God. They summarize it. They don't encompass the entire thing, which means each of these ten things by itself doesn't tell you enough. The rest of the covenant needs to be understood and known as well so that you will understand the fullness of what is meant by each of these things. So these are just summaries. But these 10 things are an excellent summary of all that God has given his people, and so uh, they have pride of place. So that's why they are put first when Moses begins to explain the the covenant he begins with these 10 things that's the heading and then after that he goes into detail describing each of the individual things uh as we as we go on so there are 10 things now another an, another uh, aspect of this that you need to know is the first thing is not what we often call the, the first commandment the first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me but the first thing is i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of bondage. That's the first thing. That is the header of the header. That's the thing that every Israelite has to know front and center, is that the God who is speaking these things is their God, and this is the God that brought them out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. It's what who God is and what he did for them, which is the basis for all of the rest of the stipulations of this covenant. So the very first thing... The most important thing is to recognize that the one who gives these words and the one who has given this covenant is the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. The second thing is, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, let me explain what that means. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. And when we hear that, we have a tendency to think, oh, okay, so what he means is we can't have anything in our life which is more important than God. But that's actually not what it's saying. What it's saying, literally what it's saying is, you shall have no other gods before my face. In other words, I am constantly looking at you. I am constantly surveying my people. I know everything that you're doing, thinking, and saying. And if you engage in idolatry you will be doing it right in front of me and you shall have no other god in my presence before me in my view <clears throat> and otherwise if you if you go after another god i will be looking right at it and it will provoke me to great anger okay so you shall have no other gods before me now just generally summarizing this this second word okay the second word you shall have no other gods before me The first thing that you understand what this is saying is that you will have a God. This is a command that the people accept that they have a God and to kneel before this God. You are to call upon this God. You are to pray to this God. You are to kneel before this God, obey this God, follow this God, fear this God. You may not just decide, I will have no God. That is not an option for you. This God has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He is your God, like it or not. That's number one. You shall have a God, and this, the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, this is your God. The second thing, which is not stated here in this in this uh, um, uh, this word, is that there are actually no other gods at all. I alone am God. Now, Moses has just stated this yesterday's reading had two references to the fact that there is, in fact, only one God to have. Any other God that a person might have actually uh, is, is a false God. It's a fake God. It's not just the wrong God. There is no God at all. So the first thing that is implied here in this word is that you will have a God and this will be your God. The second thing is um, that there are, in fact, no other gods, that this God alone is God. And the third is that you are not to reduce this God to an image, uh, an idol. You are not to confuse or reduce this God, who is the creator of all, to a created thing. You are not to do this ever. This reduces God, completely confuses and renders him not the creator God of all things, but instead part of his creation. And that's why he goes on about not making a carved image. You shall not worship the things that God has created as though they are somehow or another uh, the the creator. They are not. So this first word uh, expands powerfully on that. One other thing, the fourth word or what we would call the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. When you read this commandment, it is the same commandment as you read in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 is the first time that the Ten Commandments were given. This is the second time. just 40 years later. But in the first time the commandment was given, the rationale for keeping the seventh day holy was that in six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And the seventh uh, 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 shall be a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In this uh, particular uh, commandment. Uh, here, the rationale is not that God created all these things in six days, unless the Sabbath day, the seventh day, but that he brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall remember that. And that becomes the basis for why this day is to be kept holy. Okay, well, obviously a lot more could be said about something like the, the ten words, but uh, I can't. We've got to move on. All right, Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 18. I'm going to focus on this section where there's a couple of calls to follow Jesus. That is, a man comes forward to Jesus and says, I will follow you wherever you go. And so we get Jesus' response to that. And then, uh, a uh, a couple of verses later, Jesus says to another man, follow me. And we get the man's response to that. And then Jesus' response to that man. I want to explain this. First off, um, Jesus seems to be... uh, He's not exactly working hard to get followers here. He seems to be trying to talk people out of following him. Well, uh, actually, in a sense, that's true. There are lots of reasons why people might follow Jesus or manners in which they might follow Jesus, which are totally inconsistent with actually following Jesus. It's just that, that that's what they want to do. So for example, somebody might come to me and they say, I want you to do a wedding No, we're not part of your church. We're not even Christians, but we think weddings should happen in church, and we're willing to pay you to do that. Well, on the one hand, it might be a nice opportunity for me to preach and minister to this couple. But on the other hand, I am sort of peddling the gospel here and and allowing them to purchase something and giving them the impression that it's for sale, and it's not. So those who are actually Christians and part of the congregation, I will certainly marry, and I will marry without charge. But those who are outside the church and don't want to have anything to do with the church, they just want to use the church building and me, I will not do that, even for a charge. So here, uh, uh, the guy says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus seems to sense that this man has something in mind or, or some idea of what it means to follow Jesus, uh, that is pleasant to him. It's a good thing. Like somebody who decides that they're going to go to church for a while because they think it'll make them happier or make them richer or whatever they may happen to think. And Jesus, that's when Jesus gives the, the, the word, you know, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. The son of man has no place to, to, to lay his head. Basically saying, look, you may think that it's fun and games and all joy and all wonderful to follow me. But the fact of the matter is following me might be very, very difficult. Self-discipline, self-denial, the opposition to the devil and the world and the people. Um, This is not necessarily fun and you may find some of the things you're seeking, uh, not only do you not find those things, but you'll find just the opposite. So Jesus doesn't say, don't follow me. What he is saying though is, if you're gonna follow me, then follow me knowing where you're going. take a look at me and see i'm not living a luxurious life you want to follow me follow me but this is where we're going and it's not necessarily a road of joy and happiness all the time in fact it might not be a road of joy and happiness at all okay so enough of that one the then jesus goes to another and and he says follow me and the guy says first let me go and bury my father now what he's saying, I don't want you to get the ima- imagine that his father has just died, laying out on the kitchen table, waiting to be interred, and he just needs to race home and you know make sure that he digs the hole, has a quick service and comes back. It's not really what he's saying. What he's saying is, my father's old, he's going to die. Uh, I am taking care of his things uh, and doing what needs to be done for him. Um, and once he has passed, whenever that is, then I will be freed up to come and follow you. And Jesus says, well, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, that sounds harsh. But what Jesus really is trying to say here is, look, anybody can do what you're doing. You may be the firstborn and the eldest of this father. You may have various uh, responsibilities for the household while your father lives and certain responsibilities after he dies before you're free to come and follow me. That may be. But anybody can do that the second-born, the third-born, the fourth-born, somebody else can do those things. But only a disciple can follow me and do the things that Jesus commands us to do. So what he says is, those things which you feel committed to, which are keeping you from following me, but that which any unbeliever can do, let somebody else do it, and you recognize that only the faithful disciples of Jesus can actually follow Jesus as he is saying, and serve him in that way. So uh, Jesus says, look, uh, let the dead bury their own dead. They, can handle, they don't need to have the Holy Spirit. They don't need to be part of the kingdom in order to do that. You come and follow me. And that's a good word for all of us too. Don't waste your life doing what anybody can do at the neglect of the, doing the things that only the children of God can do. You are called to be a witness. So come and follow him.